the fuck is that guy? I make my own moves, yeah, I'm bossing. All weak bitches, please proceed to the exit. Is there no one else? Are you not entertained? Are you not entertained? We are not for the weak. What's up, guys? Welcome to the Not For The Week podcast. It's your boy, James. It is your boy, Jay. And we're back at it again. New podcast. A sick guest. Sick, sick guest. Adam Von Rothfelder, founder of Strong Coffee Company. Also was on the TV, so, TV show. TV show. TV show. Sorry, Mike Tyson talk. <laughs> he was on the NBA. Or, fuck, dude. He was on the NBC show Strong. Um, back in the, it's on Netflix right now. Um, ex pro MMA fighter, just just all around model. Yeah, he was a Versace model, real life Zoolander. Yeah, he, he's like the tattooed, jacked version of Zoolander. He's like if Adam Levine worked out. I was two hundred. Dude, he kind of does. He kind of looks like Adam. A Levine. Jacked Adam Levine. Jacked Adam Levine. He's a better version of Adam Levine though. And he raps, so. Oh, that so well, he's literally like he's Adam literally. Levine. <laughs> but yeah, uh, so we have him, and he's a guest. He's a cool dude. Um, it's a cool podcast. Tells us a little bit about his backstory, how he got, went from being a pro MMA fighter to a Versace model, to a entrepreneur, to a celebrity trainer, and he's got some cool, cool gems in there. Talking about getting outside your comfort zone and. Taking opportunities, any chance you get, and not uh, limiting yourself to the box that you categorize yourself in. Yeah, it was it was a cool episode. I I really enjoyed it. Hopefully, you guys do as well. Um, before you get too far into it, though, make sure you hit the like button, hit the subscribe button, leave a five star review, tell a friend, and visit notfortheweek.com. Buy some merch. Boom. That's all that needs to be said. Boom. Adam Von Rothfelder, let's go. It's a, uh, it's oh, Steam it's Batman. Dude, yes. That's fucking sick. I have the power. <laughs> Hell yeah. Double the power, bro. There you go. A little Batman and He-Man. Yeah, 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 you yeah. You got, got both of them, so that's like, that's fucking, that'd be. It's gauntlet, man. There it's like, it's funny, I got a funny story about Batman, um, and like my affinity to him. I, I actually, uh. I was Batman in a video game. Oh, no shit. One of the most recent Batman video games. And uh, it's crazy, like, when Batman takes off his outfit and Bruce Wayne is me. <laughs> and I'm like, what? That's, <laughs> like, dude, that's sick. That's every kid's dream right there. Oh, dude. It's funny because it's probably the lowest paying gig I've ever had as, like, somebody doing something for money that was model-esque or acting whatever it was they paid me like eight hundred dollars no yeah and like the entire video game is me and i'm like man they really got their motherfucking money's worth (laughs) but it's also probably like one of the most rewarding like it's like you get to be fucking batman forever yeah right you're immortalized i bought the new xbox just so i could play my video game with me (laughs) beating people up i'm like where are the drugs (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> is it just like motion capture or did you do voice too or, or i didn't do the you know it was really disappointing um when they when i met them they had already done all the voice work oh shit and they were like you are a perfect batman and then they heard me talk and they were like 
fuck, you would have been great for his voice. Like you, you, you like the, the guy doesn't have like a voice nearly as like deep yeah. as much. Uh, where it's like, I only have to drop one octave to become like Christian Bale. You know, like it doesn't. It, <laughs> well, you gotta, you gotta get the next one then. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I've, uh, I've hit them up. I, they, they've hit me up a couple of times. They asked me to do some Mortal, uh, Mortal Kombat character. Oh, dude, that would have been uh, sick. Yeah, and I was, I, I was really disappointed. I was, uh, I was gonna be Johnny Cage. And oh, I could see it. Yeah, I could you see look it for like sure, Johnny Cage. <laughs> yeah, uh, you know one of the one of the but the the whole deal was that I was like, hey, if I do another one, I really want to be a character without a mask on at all. Like I, and they were like, how about Johnny Cage? And I was like, great. And um, they offered me, you know, like five hundred dollars, eight hundred dollars again. And I'm like, oh, well, I like I I live in I live in California now, where the video games are made in Chicago. And they're like, oh, we can't hire out of state talent. So if you want to like fly here to do it, uh, no, no, like I don't like not if like I got to pay out of my own pocket. Yeah. And I'm, you know, so I was like, but um, yeah, we'll, we'll get we'll get some more in. I, I I'm starting to get a lot more grays, and maybe this like distinguished thing will like come off one day. Who knows? <laughs> Dude, that's pretty bad. How'd you get hooked up with all that? Just just living out in Hollywood and. You know, it actually, it was all before, uh, you know, it was all started with my professional fighting career. And uh, after my, like, during my fighting career, I, I always felt like the business was really sleazy. And at the time, there was very little, like, commissions and laws and, like, agents were sleazy, right? And uh, more sleazy than they are today because there was less governing laws and sanctions around, like, how you could do business with your athlete or, like, whatever it was, right? And, uh, I was like, I'm going to represent myself. And, you know, so I never took a fight from someone else. I found my own fights, you know, like I found my own sponsors. And when I was out in California for a fight, I had like a, you know, I had my first audition for like a commercial and I like booked that. And then I was like, Oh, this could be like a thing. And then it just, you know, kind of one thing led to another. I had an estranged cousin um, who oddly looks like me, even though he's not blood related to me. And he's like four inches taller than me, which I wish I was fucking sick. <laughs> and he uh, he was like – he's like one of the top five models of all – like male models of all time. He like was the first man on the cover of Vogue. He was like the first man – you know, like – he was like the face of Ralph Lauren during the eighties. And he inter- introduced me to some photographers and, uh, and some, you know, some agents and stuff. I lost like 30 pounds of muscle, flew out to New York, did some photo shoots. And all of a sudden I'm like doing like Mark Jacobs runway shows <laughs> and, and modeling for Versace, you know? And I'm like, Holy fuck. You know I mean? five foot 11 covered in tattoos and 205 pounds of muscle, not your average yeah. like model. And not Derek I, Zoolander right there. What was that? I said, you're not, you're not Derek Zoolander at 200 pounds. <laughs> no, 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 no. I mean, I, I made every other model always look so small that when they were like next to me, that it looks funny. Like I have this great Versace photo of all of us from the Versace shoot. And it's like model, 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 
physique bodybuilder looking guy, you know, in the left corner. And I'm like, <laughs> so I, I've never really fit in, but that's always been okay because, uh, fuck fitting in. Yeah. Yeah. That's one hell of a 180 though, from punching people and kicking people into take doing runway shoots. Man, huge. Uh, you know, I mean, if it wasn't for my injury that I had when I was fighting, I definitely, that, you know, that never, that never would have been the, that never really would have been the case. Um, you know, I, I had, uh, I had a really bad shoulder separation and because of that, it, uh, gave me, it, it kind of gave me insights into the idea that maybe I shouldn't, maybe I shouldn't keep doing this. You know, maybe it's time to, maybe it's time to like hang it up. I, I literally did this cost analysis of like my fighting career and I'm like, I haven't made nearly as much money as I've spent, you know, and like, this is, you know, it doesn't matter that everybody tells me that I'm going to be like one of, you know, like a big deal as a fighter. It just wasn't happening, uh, for me at the pace that it needed to happen. And, uh, and I started later in the game with fighting. So I, uh, you know, the fighting was all just, it was all just therapy, you know, my my brother died of a, of a drug overdose and I just need to find a way to, to, to deal with it. And I wasn't like, you know, this person who would crawl in a corner and deal with it. And I wasn't somebody who was going to tell somebody my fucking problems, you know, and, and think that they're going to be become better that way. So I went out and I felt something and I, let other people feel what I was feeling, you know, that pain, that anguish, like whatever it was. And, uh, you know, one day I woke up when I separated my shoulder, I separated my shoulder, started crying. And, and (laughs) my coach was like, Oh, it it doesn't hurt that bad. You know, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, no, it doesn't hurt that bad. I'm like, I don't know what this is. You know, like, (laughs) like emotional release. Yeah. And, Cause I had never dealt with my brother's death really, you know? And, and, uh, I was never a fighter. I mean, I was the class clown. I was, a, I was the guy who never got in a fight. I was the guy who you know, avoided confrontation unless it was my last option because I grew up with a dad who was super physical in the sense of, you know, with his hands and he likes to, you know, he liked to make sure I was listening by smacking me upside the head first. And that was like my relationship with, you know, violence in some sense. Right. And I didn't want any part to do with it. But when my brother died, it felt like it called to me. I heard an ad on a radio and it was for, they were looking for the Milwaukee. It was the Milwaukee rumble and they were looking for the toughest man in Wisconsin. And it was like a no holds barred, uh, three, one minute rounds, like just go at it. And last man standing wins. And I fought four fights in one night and won the tournament. And I had never fought a day in my life except for against my, my dad, you know, like no shit. Yeah. I mean like I only fought back once against my dad and he never touched me again after that, you know, but like I knew what it was like to get hit by a full grown man. So like, you weren't going to shock me there. Like that wasn't, I mean, I could take a hit better than anybody. And when it came to hitting somebody, a lot of deadlifting and a lot of kettlebells <laughs> with a little bit of technique went a long way. And 
I was a college soccer player at the time. So I, I had the wind and I had the footwork. Yeah. Uh, my brother passed, I was playing college soccer and it was, uh, it was kind of just like a, I heard this ad on the radio, went and signed up literally the day my brother died, fought two weeks later. And then I ended up becoming a professional fighter over the course of the next six and a half, seven years. And that was like my thing. But then like one day I woke up and I was like, what am I doing here? Yeah. You know, I mean, I was self-medicating with so much weed. I mean, like weed's great, but like I was smoking like all day, every day, like before practice, after practice, during practice, you know, uh, whatever it was to just keep me like occupied from not feeling the things. And then all of a sudden those things were thrust upon me with my shoulder sticking out, you know, five inches and somebody telling me like, yeah, you're not going to fight for a while. And all of a sudden it was like, I don't have to be this person that I made myself into and I can stop living this awful like roller coaster of emotions and pain. And, and I like stepped out of it and all of a sudden I'm modeling. <laughs> yeah. I'm not getting punched in the face and I'm making money. And, but I was, I was unique because at the time when I started doing that, there weren't a lot of good looking tattooed, you know, like guys that were like in shape. What year was this? I mean, like, think about like seven years ago. Oh yeah. Like being ripped, sleeved and, you know, having a little cauliflower ear and being like good enough looking to model for like a company. Like, like there weren't that many, like now there's like an Alan Joe Bond and there's, there's some of these other MMA fighters that are really good looking dudes. But I mean, like Chuck Liddell and fucking Matt Hughes, like all those, <laughs> they don't so scream like, Versace. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like none of, like they were not shooting Versace at any time. Um, you know, and I, and so it was just kind of like a luck of the draw. Like I just, I came in at the right time. I knew some of the right, I knew some right people, and and then uh, and then now there's you know fucking naked photos of me online from photo shoots where I'm like. I can't get rid of this, you know, like the internet's um, forever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The internet is forever. <laughs> oh man. But I don't regret it. I don't regret a damn thing of it because, uh, it's put me exactly where I am right now and I must be pretty damn cool if I'm talking to you guys. So <laughs> well, thank you, Dude, that's, yeah, that's, yeah. that's one hell of a whirlwind right there. Like how was that yeah. when, when the, when the fighting, when you couldn't fight anymore and you actually had to like, sit and like reflect on everything that you'd kind of like been kind of not necessarily avoiding, but you hadn't been really dealing with the issues. Was that like a, was that a pretty dark period of time for, for a while or did it kind of not too bad? Yeah. yeah. You know, um, at the time when that, when that injury first happened, I was living in Minnesota and, uh, the Arnold classic was like a week later. And I had my arm in a sling. I'm walking around the Arnold Classic. I'm at a booth, like, signing photos of me and, you know, with my my good arm. And, you know, and uh, I was pretty depressed. I was, you know, I, I put on a good face. And uh, I, met, I met a girl, you know, and she was super positive. And, you know, she, she, she made me feel like, you know, like there's another, like there's another step, there's another level. 
and I was still really identifying with Adam the fighter, right? Yeah. Like we put ourselves in these boxes because it helps us understand like where we belong. Yeah. And it, unfortunately, it's like those boxes that also keep us exactly where we're at and don't allow us to, to grow or to evolve. And so when that box was kind of smashed, I was like trying to pick up the pieces and put the box back together so I could get back in the box. Right. But then I realized like, I don't need to go back in the box. And, um, she was like on a TV show and, you know, got canceled and, you know, and then she thought her career. So she kind of like had like some, you know, like understanding of like what I was going through, like this hiatus feeling of some sort. Right. And she uh, lived out in California and I always wanted to live in California. I had never even been to California at the time. Uh, and I was like, fuck it. Like I'm going to move out there. And you know, we dated for a little bit. It's not why I moved out there. It was like a good, it was like a part of the reason, but yeah. the reason. And, um, so it really helped that I met like some positive people around at that time that had like a different idea of how to live where people in the Midwest are just so good at bottling it all up and just doing the same shitty thing over and over and over and over and over again. Like who the, like who the fuck wants to stay in that winter all the time? <laughs> Real talk. I mean, like you must be a glutton for punishment, yeah. you know? Right. Like, so, so for me, it was always, you know, just bottle it down deep inside, you know, move on, go to work, you know, go to work, even if you're sick. Right. Cause then they'll see you sick at work and then they'll let you home. Maybe it's like, yeah. who are we trying to fucking impress you? You know, like I'm sick. I'm not going to work. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and, 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 and now, you know, it's like, I'm like, I'm living in California and everybody's like, Oh no, man. Like, don't worry about it. You don't even have to come in today. Like, you know, and you're like, like what the hell? Like, I don't have to kill myself every day out here because like people take days off and go to the beach and it was just like a different life. It was a different group of people. I was hanging out with stuntmen and actors and actresses and people who had, you know, gone through like the shittiest things to get this one role that then like took them here. And it was, you know, that, that whole, there is no overnight success thing. Yeah. Right. And, um, so I was really fortunate. I met some, like some good people at the time. Otherwise I probably would have had, uh, you know, I probably wouldn't have been able to bounce back in the way I did. Um, which, you know, it was only like, I've never even thought of this timeline, but it was only nine months after I separated my shoulder ended my fighting career, moved to California and booked three commercials in the, in the seven months that I lived there, I got a call and my dad was diagnosed with leukemia. Oh shit. And I moved back to Wisconsin. Literally upon that call, I was on set shooting a commercial. I wrapped the commercial at 10 o'clock, went home, threw my shit in a car. I had a Toyota Yaris, the littlest fucking hatchback. Oh, and I shoved as much shit in that fucking car as I could. I had stuff like touching my head. I had the whole front seat full. I had the back seat full. I had everything full. And, uh, and I drove straight through to Wisconsin. And uh, five months later, I was 
married and opening a gym with someone I met in Wisconsin and, you know, that I worked with. And here we are eight and a half years later with two beautiful kids and wow, right. It's like crazy how things work out like that. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Like they're always going to work out because you have no other fucking option. Yeah. Right. Like shit's always like, it's not always going to work out. You're going to make it work out. Mm-hmm. No, like you're not my kind of people. Right. Right. But if you're going to, you can't allow like a, a door, you know, they say yeah, what the door closes and a window opens, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, I'm always looking for open windows. <laughs> right. It's like, Open windows are opportunities. I don't need a door. A door is easy. If there's a door, everybody's walking through it. Like I just want a window. Give me a crack. Yeah, that's all I need. Well, you have to you have to put yourself in a position to to see those windows too. Like like if you hadn't have you know jumped at the opportunity to move to California, you know you never would have got the commercials, and then I don't. You never know. You yeah, know? exactly. No, no, one hundred percent. I believe you should say yes to as many things as possible in life, and. I'm not like a yes man. If somebody said, hey, that's a great idea, I'd be like, no, it's not if I don't think it's a good idea, right? right? But if somebody says, Adam, you know, I've modeled, I've acted, I mean like full feature films, Mm -hmm. but I would never say I'm a model. I would never say I'm an actor, right? I'm a person who sees opportunity and has passion and I apply that to every direction in which I go. Yeah. And it, it doesn't matter if it was shoveling shit. If somebody told me that it was going to be the way that I was going to supply the greatest future to my children, I'd be out there with two shovels. You know, it's not about like making a perfect life. It's about making, taking things from that life that you see that you can enjoy and that you can be a part of and that you can, you can expand upon and not like expect everything to come at once. Right. It's, it's, it, I think it's huge too that you don't refer to yourself like that because it's it just by giving yourself those labels, you're putting yourself in those little boxes that you're just talking about, you know, like you're, you're just a fucking person and you do what you're passionate about. And so it doesn't matter what that passion is at the time. It's you're doing something that you care about and it's going to benefit you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah man. Passion is will. Right. And I think like a lot of people don't see it. I, I, I don't, you know, like when I talk about it, people, We'll be like, wait, what? And it's like, like willpower is, it's like short lived, right? It's like a, you have the will to do something, but it's like passion that will like really get you there. Yeah. So it's, I, I think passion is my will, yeah. right? And I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm like a person who will get in an argument about the most basic thing and not because I want to argue, but because I'm so fucking passionate about Dude, I'm the same way. Yeah. <laughs> I'm the same way, dude. Like, exactly. And, and, and that's like, and we're, and it's people like us, though, that aren't like status quo, right? It's mm-hmm. why you're, it's why you have a podcast, why you have, you know, X amount of people listening. It's because you, you're willing to say what needs to be said, right? And you're so passionate that you took that idea and you turned it into something. And that's a beautiful fucking thing, right? Because a lot of people, they have, they have, you know, a variation of passion, but, you know, not enough, I guess, to get them to do the thing that they really want to do. You know, you, you ask people all the time, like, 
I, I met a client guy drove up from Dallas and Austin and he wanted to work out with me. And, uh, he saw me on, uh, you know, that, uh, TV show on Netflix. And he was like, it was really cute. His daughter made me a card and shit. And, uh, he showed up and he worked out with me and he was like, Oh, I don't have a cool job or anything. You know, I'm just a, I'm just a CPA. And, you know, I'm like, like, bro, like that sounds like a really good job. Like you make good money. You're paying me 250 bucks to train. Like, like I couldn't afford to pay somebody 200. Like, like, why are you? He's like, ah, oh, it's, it's not my passion. I'm like, well, why the fuck are you doing it? Yeah. Right. And it's like, it's that whole thing. Like it checks the box, you know, it's like, I'm a CPA. Right. And like, if he was at a business lunch with anybody else, he would have been proud as fuck to tell them it was a CPA. But because he's sitting like next to somebody who he like sees on TV or he sees on Instagram or like whatever it is, it's like, it's like, man, nah, he, really. he feels like diminished almost because you're out yeah. there doing what you are passionate about exactly. and he's sitting behind a desk. Exactly. He is, he is seeing exactly who he could have been or like what he could have been doing in some version of it. Mm-hmm. If he was following his passion. But instead, he's checking the boxes and just doing the things. Yeah. So. Well, I think I think a lot of people, you know, are are too worried checking to check the boxes to figure out what they are actually passionate about, or they or they think they're passionate about something because of you know what it might get you. Like, oh, I'm passionate about you know training people because I think it's going to make me a lot of money you know what I mean or it'll get me a tv show and I'll start training like celebrities or some shit like so they get into training thinking oh I care about training but because of what they think it's going to get them in the long run not necessarily because they're passionate about that yeah yeah I mean I was I had no expectation of being on a tv show I wanted to be on a tv show you know like I wanted like like my goal, I remember, I remember I, I, I did an interview for a, a business mag, like a business journal, uh, when I first opened my gyms like seven or eight years ago. And I said that I feel that the only way people will listen to me one day is if I'm famous. And if that's what it will take, then famous is what I will become. Yeah. And I, don't care about fame. I care about hearing my me- people hearing my message. Yeah, and if that's right? what it takes, then that's what. And that's what it takes. Yeah. If that's what it takes, and I guess that's what I got to do. And that's why, like, when the NBC called, I was like, yes. That's why when Versace called, I said yes. That's why when Mark Jacobs called, I said yes. Because this is all like steps of saying yes to get to that end goal, which is the platform to make change. Because if that's not what we're here for, that's not why you're trying to gain followers. If you're just trying to gain followers for vanity reasons or whatever, I mean, get the fuck out. Like, like I can't have conversations about that shit. I don't give a fuck what your post like and this and that. Yeah. Like, it's not even saying anything. You're just talking about yourself again. Where it's like, I want to learn something from this. I want a message. I want to know what you're about. Are you a real human being? Because... That's what I've always tried to get across. And when I was on NBC on the TV show Strong, I was not liked because I am so real, because I am so raw. And I'm not an asshole. I'm just like, I was actually not liked because I was like overly friendly. 
I remember watching that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like I, I people get mad at me because I like, I tell Dan, you know, Dan Wells or somebody, you know, that his girl was throwing up all the time after a shake every morning. And he's like, Oh, she's going through a sugar detox. That's why she's throwing up all the time. I was like, bro, I was like, do you, do you, do you know how much like oxalic acid is in kale? I'm like, there's a lot of studies that say that a lot of people can't handle raw kale uh, because of the oxalic acid and it'll, it'll make them purge. Um, and you're giving her a lot of raw kale in the morning. I saw in your shake. So you should just kind of look at it. And it's those kind of like passionate comments that I have that I would give to somebody that I, I'm not trying to like tell you, I know more than you. I'm just trying to help you because like, that's like why we're here. Mm-hmm. And it was so misconstrued whenever I would do that, that I was just all of a sudden, like, everybody's like, man, I just want this motherfucker to lose. And <laughs> I, and I just kept winning shit which kept making them more mad. <laughs> I, I say all the time, you are lucky I broke my leg on the show or I would have won the show. So whenever I run into the guys, I'm like, you know I would have won that shit. Um, but yeah, I did it. So that's what really happens. I did it. Were, were, you, uh, were you happy with how they portrayed you on the show? Um, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, a lot of people were really disappointed how they portrayed me on the show. So a lot of people that know me we're like, God, it's really unfortunate. They made you look like such an asshole. And I said, really? I said, you should really watch it again. I said, I don't think they make me look like an asshole. I said, I think that they make me look like I'm not afraid to be myself while the camera's on. Yeah. And and if anything, I'm like, that's that's the opposite of being an asshole. Like I'm just I'm just being real. Yeah. It was it was tough being on the show. I mean, there were moments. I mean, I asked I asked the producers if I could leave. Oh really? Oh yeah, man. I was I was like, no, I don't need this shit. Get me the fuck out of here. I was what, like, try to. Have a show what was causing me. that? Try to have a show without me. Uh, <laughs> it was like that's straight up what I said. And they're like, we 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 don't have a show without you. Like the head of NBC like flew in on a fucking helicopter, and it was pretty wild. I was like. All of a sudden, I'm like packing my bags in my bungalow. I'm like, I'm getting the fuck out of here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, they won't let me smoke weed. I'm like, my fucking leg hurts. It was, <laughs> my leg was like broke for three weeks and I never got a doctor's appointment. <laughs> I had an airline fracture that I was competing on for three weeks. You know, and uh, you know what, what really what really sparked, you know, me wanting to leave, honestly, was... Um, I just, I thought that I was going there to go meet the other nine best trainers in the world. And I'm not going to discredit any of them as they were all, they're all like great trainers in their own right. But I think when I think trainer and coach, I think positive human being that is making positive change and that leads from the front. And I didn't really see that from a lot of people. And there were a lot of there were there, there were there were a lot of good guys on the show. Like, yeah, you know, I'm not going to even name names, so there's any interweaving. But it's like there were good guys, and then there were guys that just you know, it just didn't make me feel like I was part of a show that was really well vetted. Yeah. You know, the sense of like in the sense of like who do we really have on here? Do we really have the top ten best trainers in the world, or do we have the ten most entertaining trainers in the world? Yeah, we- I'm like because I really came here to be around the ten best, the other nine best trainers in the world. Right. Like that's why I came here is because I wanted my goal was to always be that guy and like reach that echelon 
And now that I'm here, I'm really disappointed with the people that are next to me. Yeah. And you, you know, and that was like the feeling I had and which is why I wanted to leave. Cause I just felt like I wasn't gaining anything from it. And I mean like, that's crazy to say, right? Like you're on set for an NBC show that costs $750,000 a day. And I felt like I was going to gain nothing from it. Yeah. And that's what's wild. Powerful. What was that? I said, that's pretty powerful though. That you felt like you were like that you were ready to walk away from a show like that just because yeah. yeah that's crazy dude i guarantee you there's nobody else that's like been like on a show like that being like yeah i'm getting the fuck out of here and right. they're like adam, they're like adam please do not they're like you know they brought up legalities i was like sue me i was like i got no fucking money <laughs> what are you gonna get out of this <laughs> I'm like, what are you gonna get out of this i'm like my gym is shutting down because i'm on this show i'm like you know, like I had, I had 75 members purge after the sec after the first month for my gym, because they're like, is Adam ever coming back? You know? And I was like, I kind of was the, you know, I was like the gym, you yeah. know I mean? We had great coaches, but like my classes were like two to three times bigger than everybody else's classes. Right. You were, you, you were know? the drawing power. Yeah. So I was like, at the time I was like, I'm losing things cause I'm on this show. And, and even when the show came out, you know, to be real, like NBC, like they screwed the pooch, man. They, um, they, uh, do people even say that term anymore? Screwed the pooch. I think, I think it's, I think you're really dating yourself right there, man. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, so they really screwed the pooch. So anyway, so they, <laughs> they, it was, it was, it was crazy. They thought that they didn't have to advertise the show. They thought that it was going to do so well because it was playing after The Voice, which was the number one show on TV. Right. So they're like, we're not going to need to advertise this. We have all this power from from this show, and we're going to promote the show. We're going to promote the show within the commercials of The Voice, and then boom, Kobe Bryant retired <laughs> the night of the premiere. Oh shit! <laughs> and it literally just took. Everything. Everybody went from the voice to the LA Lakers game. Oh man. <laughs> and it, we saw that great attendance, but because they weren't really ready to like promote the show. And I think I only gained like 400 to 800 followers off the show. No shit. I mean, oh, wow. It was crazy. It was crazy. I mean, I was the cover of the show. Like you would drive down sunset and you know, like Fairfax and there's a billboard of me, you know, like a massive billboard, Yeah. you know? And it was like, and yet I still only gained like maybe eight, maybe a thousand, you know I mean? I did get a verified account out of it, which was cool. Um, I don't know what the fuck that means, but I get a lot of DMS of people that have more following than me asking, how did I get a, (laughs) I don't know. Hot commodity, bro. I was like, I was like, who gives a fuck? I'm like, what does it even do? You have more than 10,000 followers. You already get your swipe up feature, you know, like blah, 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 like social media. Like we don't really, you don't need the verify check mark. I'm like, if I could, if I could sell you mine, I would, (laughs) I would sell it to you. It gives you credibility though. Yeah, 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 exactly. (laughs) I will say if I comment on somebody's post, like, like a celebrity or something, I get a shitload of likes on that comment and it, and that boosts. Oh, yeah. like, I don't, I don't do that often. 
I don't like do social media often. I like, I make posts for our, our, my company and you know, I really, that's like, I don't even like making personal posts that much. I, I have to remind myself to do it. Mm -hmm. You know, like I, it's not like, it's not innate, you know, like when I wake up in the morning, I'm thinking of like, what do I got? What am I going to post for strong coffee? Yeah. I'm not thinking about Adam von Rothfelder and you know, what smart thing am I going to say today? Right. Um, <laughs> or dumb thing. I don't know. Um, but for, it, it is funny. Like I, I trained YG for a while. Okay. Oh, and, uh, funny. oh yeah. 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 Um, he's, uh, he wanted to learn how to fight. He wanted to learn how to box. Oh, shit. And, uh, yeah. So I, I took him, uh, I got a good clip of him and I boxing on our Instagram. I'll, I'll, I'll tag you on it. Um, but yeah, he wanted to learn how to box and, uh, the founder of Ruka, uh, the brand RVCA. Yeah. You know, yeah. yeah. So the founder of Ruka, who is somebody who I've looked up to for a really long time. I got an opportunity to meet him and him and I hit it off really well. And he introduced me to YG and when, so it was funny, uh, there was like a, uh, there was like a rapper talking shit to, about him. And I was like, Oh shit. On his, on this other rapper, six nines post. I was like, Oh shit. YG time to glove up. And, uh, and somebody post glove up, man, nigga, this is gonna, and I'm like, so I post, I don't think anybody has to die over this. But it's not that serious. I just don't understand how serious words are. And, uh, it had like a thousand likes on my comment and the amount of followers that I now have that are like YG followers. I think I got like 3000 followers from being on that post. <laughs> so many rappers and wannabe rappers that send me their demo tapes on my Instagram. They're like, yo man, next time you see YG, give them this. I'm like, I haven't seen YG in like six months. <laughs> you're the, you're the plug now, man. <laughs> but you got a shot. You got a shot. Everybody's got a shot. Uh, just not through me. Um, I even tried rapping. Not so, not so hot. Not so hot. You try to get on uh, track with YG. Yeah, have YG help you, bro. <laughs> get on track. Hey, I, did you, James? Did you see my? Did you see the rap I put down? No. When was that? Was that recent? Oh yeah, I just posted on Instagram. Uh, it's on my IGTV. I, I wrote a. I, I, I uh, I'm a prodigy of hip hop. So when I, I do, I, I, it's funny because I do do a lot of like lyrics in my head and I, I write songs and I make, I don't ever do anything with them. I just kind of, I like to write verses mm -hmm. and, uh, like mini rhymes and, uh, I like got the balls to record it two days ago, sitting at my kitchen table and I laid a sample down from, uh, atmosphere sunshine. Okay. Uh, the song sunshine. Sun, so I, I, got on the track and laid my three verses down that I wrote. Uh, you know, I didn't write them to the lyric, to the beat of that song. I just, that song had the right cadence. So I just chose the, the instrumentals from that song. But it was, it was kind of like, uh, to me, it was like, uh, man, you haven't gotten out of your comfort zone in a minute. No, that's a, that's a major, like the thought of that right there scares the shit out of me. Right there. I know how much he's saying that. I'm like sweating, I'm sweating about for sure. Ever. <laughs> like Eminem and Eight Mile back here. I'm just fucking sweating. Sweaty, dude. Knees weak. Arms are heavy. Yeah, yeah. Ma spaghetti. <laughs> uh, 
Yeah. For me, it was like, man, I haven't got out of my comfort zone in a little bit. And that's something that I've always tried to like make sure I do. And I was like, what if I could get, what if I could like break through on this like whole social like comfort level where I could really just be myself on social media? Yeah. Like really just be myself. Like not the person that everybody thinks I am and that I think I am, but who I actually am, Right. you know, not who I want to be. No you know, filter like, whatsoever. Yeah, no filter. And like that was kind of the first step was like, I'm going to put this rap down and a lot of people could talk shit about it if they wanted to, but I don't know what's going to happen, but it was crazy. Cause like I got a lot of positive feedback, you know, I got, I had like three or four rappers hit me up and say like, yo, like, like you want to do this? Is this something you want to like work on? And like, we should hook up. I got a studio. I'm like, I'm 38 years old. <laughs> that's, a, that's a new demo right there though. <laughs> that's a new demographic. Like, We'll, we'll take a poll to all your listeners. Would it be weird if the 37-year-old rapper came out with his first album? I don't know. <laughs> Maybe the not, man. 37-year-old father, ex-fighter, actor model. You have a lot to rap about, though. You, you, know? you got the experiences, man. True, true, true. I could rap about changing diapers and, you and could. All, all sorts of shit. <laughs> you Literally. Could. You could be the next uh, Baby Shark song. Make the next Baby Shark song. Uh, yeah, now we're talking. See? My kids love that song. <laughs> <laughs> so you have to listen to it all the time. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I there are a lot of there. Are, I find myself when I'm working out. Sometimes I think this is why my deadlift has really gone down. Um, <laughs> I start like humming this one song uh, about a duck trying to get, you know, like going to a lemonade stand. And have you heard this song? No, so it doesn't sound <laughs> Oh my God. But feel it's free like, to sing it. <laughs> so the duck walks up to the lemonade stand and he says to the man running the stand, hey, bump, 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 got any grapes? And it's like, my kids think it's the funniest fucking thing, right? Like that the duck keeps on asking for grapes at a lemonade stand. And that's like how the whole song goes. And I just like, I'll be in like, I'll be like deadlifting. And all of a sudden that song will jump in my head. I'll be like, bum, 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 got any grapes? And I'm like, fuck. <laughs> Testosterone <laughs> just drops, right? Instantly. <laughs> it plummets. <laughs> you have to quick look at like a half naked chick on Instagram just to make yourself feel like a man again. You're like, hold on a second. I gotta... I gotta find something that's uh, <laughs> something manly going on here. I'm having a I'm having a kid here soon. Probably like I don't know. Hopefully he he shows up like Saturday, but um, I can only imagine shows up getting delivered. Like, no, no. Like hopefully he decides to make his appearance to the world Saturday. That's the due date. But yeah, yeah. And uh, so I can only imagine that that's probably what's gonna happen to me too in the gym. I already yes, get random yeah. songs stuck in my head. So I. Uh... You know, it's funny. I've never, I've never talked about it, uh, on a show, but I do testosterone. Uh, I do HRT mm -hmm. and it was, uh, right around the time my dad's, my dad died. Well, it was, it was literally three months before my dad died that I had my first daughter. Okay. And so it was like the highest high and then all of a sudden like the lowest low. And then I found out my wife was pregnant with our second child two months after my dad died. So in the course of five months, I received a lot of information. Yeah, that's, that's a roller coaster of emotions right there.
oh man, the highest high, the lowest low. And then little arrow, my, my second one, you know, she's a fighter and you know, she like, you know, not literally, but in a way she, she like pulled me out of that low, low. And although I couldn't be as high as I was with Azalea because I was dealing with this low, low still, which was hard as a dad because it made me feel guilty that I wasn't, you know, as excited to be a father to Arrow or, you know, like whatever it was. And it had nothing to do with Arrow. It just had to do with like my own, like what I was dealing with, like losing, losing my father and like understanding like mortality even to like a bigger, on a bigger level. Right. Because now the only two Rothfelder men I've ever known in my life are dead and they both died, you know, pretty damn young. My dad died at 72 and my brother died at 35. Wow. So when uh, I'm like working out hard, I'm like trying to like stay focused, like keep my mind off of death and all this stuff. And it was crazy. Like I just was, I felt so exhausted, but I just kept, I just kept on like showing up to the gym. Like I did, I was, you know, eating the same way, like nothing, nothing changed, you know, on like on that level, I may have been eating like a little bit more like yogurt or something like that, but um, uh, I was on that bulk stage. Yeah. Right. I had my, I had my, uh, sorry, I won't say ice cream in front of you, James. You're, you're looking out ultra lean right now. So I don't want to, <laughs> Oh no, I can, I, wanna... I, I can have ice cream now. I, I've, Saturday was the show. So I'm, I'm, I've been eating plenty. Don't worry. <laughs> Excellent. Um, you know, and, uh, I, I, I basically, I, you know, having, having all that happen at that time, I, uh, I was like, God, I should get my blood checked. I, I don't know like what's going on. I, I started thinking maybe something was wrong with me. Like maybe I was sick, you know, now I'm like kind of, you know, a little paranoid, like right. my, dies my dad's dead like oh my god maybe something's wrong with me you know and and my there was something wrong my my testosterone was like under a hundred holy shit yeah and i since then you know i've have tried coming off hrt multiple times and doing like serious protocols and never have been able to get it over like 230 really and yeah, well, they, unless I'm on testosterone, right. it's fucking, yeah, yeah. No, no, no problem. But, um, what I, what I've found out over the last couple of years and what, you know, science has found out is that head trauma leads to this, to testosterone dysfunction. Yeah. All the CTE and whatnot. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, you know, I, I hope I don't have CTE, you yeah. know, in any way, um, but I've taken enough hits to the head that it has affected my, it affects your digestive system and it affects your, uh, testosterone function. Yeah. And, uh, so, you know, now I, now I do, you know, HRT and, you know, medically advised and, and like, I do like the minimalist amount I can, you know, to have like a, a normal ratio. So I, you know, like, I don't want to have a stroke or, right. you know, heart disease off the shit, you know? I don't even know if that stuff really causes it. You know, I mean, so much of the studies are fucking skewed. It's like, hey, the guy was eating fried chicken and doing steroids and taking pills. Like, yeah. like, well, what fucking gave him heart disease? The pills. <laughs> well, it, it, it's one of those things. that's like, 
they just need to do more studies on it. But like everyone, there's so much stigma attached to it that the studies just aren't getting done. Or even nowadays, like I feel like if you tell somebody you're on HRT or TRT, it's like people look at you strange about it. I remember yeah. uh, that happens a lot in like the UFC. Like I remember when, uh, um, oh my gosh, what's his name? Fuck, dude, Fedor. I forgot his name. Yeah. No, not, not Fedor. Um, he's a Brazilian dude. Anyways, who was it? He, he had like a mohawk. He ended up having a mohawk Brazilian guy. God, oh, uh, Tim Sylvia. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, he got the big guy. He got busted for steroids. Yeah, yeah, but a lot of a lot of it is usually just like uh, athletes are on like TRT and stuff like that because their t- their testosterone's low and and people when like people who watch the sport who don't really know anything about like that world, they're like, oh my god, that dude's on steroids. Can you believe that? It's like, whoa, I mean, that's that's like reaching a little bit. Like he's on testosterone. There's a, there's a big difference treatment. between like a TRT dose and he's not on you know, gear. Body bu- bodybuilding doses. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah, there's not. A- and it's not even so much that there's a there's a huge difference in dosage. There's also a huge difference in substrates and yeah. what kind of you know steroids you're talking about. You know, and I just kind of like I, I like instead of mincing words, I'll just say it's steroids. You know, it's like TRT. Yes, it's testosterone, but testosterone is a steroid. So like whatever. But at the same time, I ultimately believe that the taking testosterone for many people could be the lesser of two evils. Oh, 100%. Right? Because and there are there's a lot of studies behind androgens and if you do not have uh testosterone function, your body is not creating androgens and androgens protect your heart and your brain. And there, you know, a lot of men, right? Yeah. Women have higher testosterone as they age, men have lower so we start losing protection for our heart and our brain. Yeah. And we men are more likely to be suicidal, depressed, and have heart disease. So I think I'm with Joe Rogan on the fact that if I die at 85 and I don't live to be 90 because I took steroids, you know, because I took HRT, yeah. you know, and and that I did it responsibly. I mean, I never touched the shit before then. I was a professional athlete. And I'll just, you know, to, onto what you were saying, man, there are so many fucking professional athletes that take gear, you know, that take testosterone. I've personally worked with numerous NBA athletes that have sanctioned, like sanctioned TRT doses. Like the NBA knows that they're on TRT. The NFL knows that they're on TRT and they are okay with it yeah. because they have no fucking option. Because if they, like, if, the, if, if say like a team pays a guy $100 million and on a contract and it's five years long, that team is going to pay that guy $100 million over the course of the five years, whether he plays or not. Exactly. And if he doesn't play because his testosterone is too low or whatever it is, they lost a hundred million dollars. Yeah. Right. And the entire city's pissed off at him because they don't have a, a power forward that they wanted or, you know, whatever. And it's like, I mean, so when I hear like, people are like, Oh man, you really think that's happening? It's like, dude, I know that shit's happening. Like, that's why I stopped watching sports 
not because of steroid use, but because of the denial of it and the and and the and the romanticizing of professional sports and how we think that these people are better people because they're better athletes. Yeah. It's like, fuck man, get out of your head. Like some asshole that catches a football that can run a 40 and a 4-4, like he he's probably an asshole. He probably does things, but because he makes touchdowns and catches balls, it's like, oh no, man, he would like, dude. But then all of a sudden it's like they get sick for juice and he's like, man, he's, a, ter- he's a terrible person. He's, a, he's terrible. a cheater. And you're like, well, what about last year when he like beat the shit out of that girl in the elevator? And they're like, oh man, she had that, sh- she had that shit coming, man. You're like, <laughs> really? But damn it. He used steroids. Fuck that yeah. guy. Yeah. They, they want to like rationalize it. Or like when, um, do you know when Chris Benoit, do you remember that wrestler? Chris oh yeah. Benoit? Yeah. He like murdered his family. Yeah. That's, and a, that's him, a fucking crazy story. And then killed himself. It had nothing to do with testosterone. No, but they, they made the steroids that he was taking out to be the... That's why he went crazy and did that. He had CTE. Oh, hardcore CTE. Well, his yeah. finishing move was like a that diving it's headbutt off the top rope. <laughs> yeah. They tried to... Like, did anybody ever say to him, like, man, I think we should change your move up. Yeah, let's stop diving on that dude. Yeah, you have a brain in there. We should really protect that brain. <laughs> they tried to say that with, uh, I think they tried to say that with uh, Junior Seau too, and Junior Seau killed himself. They tried to blame it on the steroids. Yeah, on steroids and stuff. Who did? Huh? Oh, oh yeah, Junior, junior Seau. Yeah, 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 Junior Seau. Yeah, he was on, he had bad CTE too. Yeah. But like he also was on, he also was on TRT. Yeah. But it's like post NFL, you yeah. know, it's like. I mean, he was probably on it in the NFL. I don't know. I mean, he was. He was a, well, yeah, if you think about tank, it, like, man, you know, the, the, the CTE and all the brain trauma, it's it's going to lower your testosterone production anyway. So he, you, it was probably bringing him up to a normal level, honestly, the TRT and, and everything that he was taking at the time. Yeah, 100%, man. I think that, I think in my opinion, if you're putting your body on the line every day and your career is less than two and a half years long on average, I think that you should probably do whatever you can to extend your career and make more money in the time that you have, Um, you know, and, and walk away hopefully with, you know, your dignity and pride. And like, when I see like what they did to Lance Armstrong, I mean, it, it like crushes me because like nobody would have beat him whether he was on testosterone. The guy had one nut. Well, didn't they didn't they have to go back down to like the the 16th or 17th finisher to find the next the first clean guy? I think yeah. that was what after they busted well, I mean, him. Did you see Icarus? Have you guys watched oh that? Oh my doc- god, that was good. Well, it's, like he took insane. steroids for a fucking year, trained his balls off, and he only got like what like ten places higher than he did the year before, and he still couldn't break the top hundred. Yeah, he still got destroyed. Yeah, he still got destroyed. He was like, I don't know what's happening. I've done everything. It's like, you're not Lance Armstrong. Yeah. There's a genetic aspect that people are overlooking completely. 100%. Yeah. No matter how much steroids I take and how hard I lifted one day, I would never be the size of Phil Heath. <laughs> so, I mean, like, a lot of us will never be the size of Phil Heath, no matter <laughs> what we take or how hard we train. I know. That, <laughs> I to think he was a college basketball player. Yeah, he was a stocky college. But have you seen his college pictures? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. But dude. he was still 
He was still a soccer, he was still a basketball player. Yeah, he yeah. still wasn't two hundred and forty or whatever pounds he is now. No, no, he's he's so big now. It, like I used to think Phil Heath was like had like an amazing body when he first came out. Yeah. And now he's 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 like he's just like he's going towards like Ronnie size. Yeah. Yeah, he's like he's I think like Phil's like almost three hundred pounds now. That's awesome. Jesus. <laughs> That's just like so much. Uh, I don't know. I couldn't do that. I don't know. If, I don't know if I could do that. I've been a fat three ten. <laughs> and how was that? Not fun. <laughs> not fun. Not only did I not look like Phil Heath, but I also couldn't sleep. So it's like. How tall are you? I'm six foot. Okay. Yeah. Ten. Holy shit. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be, that's a big guy. Genetics, man. Samoan, Samoan jeans. Samoan jeans. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Got got that got that island blood. Oh yeah. Yeah, that's uh, I. I was 230 at my biggest at 5'11". Nice. That's that's pretty that's fucking solid, big dude. too, though. Yeah, I, I was like, I was like, I always walked around like I was always 10% body fat or under at like mm-hmm. that that weight. Uh, I had a 19 and a half inch neck. Fuck. And I had 30 inch thighs with a 31 inch waist. <laughs> and I literally couldn't wear pants for a course of a year. Yeah. Yeah, like because like stretchy pants didn't exist yet, like stretchy jeans. Oh my god, those stretchy jeans are fucking amazing. Like, American Eagle oh makes some super good stretchy jeans. Like, have you what what brands have you worn? What brands have you tried? I tried the the what is it like? I think it's like Barbell Apparel, and then yeah, Le- yeah. Levi has a Levi has a an athletic cut that has a little bit more stretch to it that I can wear. American Eagle has really good stretchy pants. Who does? American Eagle. Oh, okay. Yeah. You should check out a brand called Page. P A I G E, Page Denim. Uh-huh. It originally started as a girls' brand, like, you know, whatever, 10, 15 years ago, but they have they have an incredible guys' line of stretchy denim jeans okay. that look exactly, feel exactly like denim. And the inside is like you're wearing like spandex leggings. It's Ooh. fucking amazing. You're like, that sounds great. I'm like, it's like I got compression pants on my thighs when I'm out dancing. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> I need I need those because my I have some fat thighs. And they, yeah. and, they, and they do not fit in normal jeans. No, I imagine I imagine I imagine not. You got some big you got some big ass legs. <laughs> so uh, how's Oregon? Man, it's it's getting to be the good time of year now. It's starting to get sunny and warm, and you can finally go out to the river now. Oh yeah, nice. do yard work. You ever, uh, you ever, um, you ever communicate with, uh, what's dude's name? Uh, the arms race, the arms race guy, oh, uh, uh, Julian Smith. Julian, yeah. He's, yeah. Yeah. He, his gym's like, was like three and a half hours yeah. north of us. Oh fuck. But it's like, uh, it's super private. Like he, he only opens it on certain days and yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I've tried to get in touch with him, but he's actually, he's, he's super bad at responding to like emails and shit. It's kind of a dick. <laughs> You're actually not the first person on this podcast to yeah. say that. Yeah, we, we I, I gave a bag. Of, I we were we were on a panel together, and I was like giving I was giving him a softball to I like lobbed him up a nice pitch to give him the opportunity to like have a good answer for because um, like somebody asked him about his like his programming and. I was like, you know, I've, um, I'm like, I've tried your, you know, I've, I've tried his programming 
Um, the daily and, pump or whatever it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, you know, to be honest with you, there's a lot more volume on my knees uh, than my, you know, than I could handle. And I have incredible ankle, you know, dorsiflexion. So for my knees to bother me after like squatting, like there was some really wor- weird workouts in there. And I think it's, you know, um, it's like a testament to like how much volume he's done and like being able to build up to that, you know, and like, right. Right. And he like kind of like cut me down in front of like the whole group. Like what I was trying to do is like give him the opportunity to say like that, like it's like something you have to work up to and right. blah, 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 right. But he like took it like, like I was like, like saying his programming was, it was just kind of weird. And, <laughs> And at the end, I was like, hey, I'm like, I hope you know that I was like trying to give you one. He's like, yeah, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and he didn't like acknowledge really what I was saying. And I handed him a bag of strong coffee and I was like, hey, man, I'd love for you to try it. You know, it's uh, it's my company. It's new. And um, he's like, OK, cool. And uh, I saw him again. And like it was like he didn't know me, uh, you know, and I, we sat on a panel together. Awkward. You know? Yeah. Uh, but, but I'm actually coming out to Oregon. And, oh, nice! Uh, you gotta come by. Where, where, uh, you, where are you going? Let me. Uh, I'll figure that out. Uh, but no matter where I'm going, I'll figure it out. I can. I'll. 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 I'll make time to come over by you guys. We're. Man, does Bend sound right? Yeah, Bend's like three or about two and a half, two and a half, three hours up up north of us. It's like in. Uh, yeah, north of us a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Which not a not no. a big deal. I'm gonna be zipping around the. I'm gonna be zipping around the state a little bit. My buddy has a growing operation out there. Oh, nice. And um, I'm looking at uh, getting into the hemp seed um, business. Okay, cool. So I'm. Uh, my mom is. Uh, we're going into business together, and we're starting a hemp uh, growing facility in Wisconsin. Cool, oh, man. Wow. Cool. Yeah. So my parents, before my dad died, they built this really, you know, pretty big house with like a five car garage. And cause my dad had like some model old model T Fords and you know, different stuff like that. And since then my mom has like sold that stuff since my dad passed. And so she's got this massive garage and like a 3000 square foot basement okay. that is UVM. And I'm like, mom, like in a thousand square foot, of growing hemp seeds, you'll grow 675,000 a year. So enough said right there. (laughs) Yeah. It's like 40 to 70 cents a seed you'll get paid for, for like for these seeds. So we're, we're just growing the seeds. Yeah. So take the genetics from my friend in Oregon. That's why I'm going out there is to like learn the process. So I'm going to be out there for like a week. Oh, nice. Yeah, man. That's, that's rad. So that's going to be like a, a, a separate business from all the other stuff you got going on too. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. I, uh, for me, it was like, um, I saw an opportunity that I could maybe do something for, you know, I, I still have my two sisters and I have a little brother who's, uh, paralyzed and, and, uh, and then my mom, you know, like since my dad died, it's not like, you know, finances have been that easy since she lost his, uh, like, um, pension because of his death. Mm-hmm. Um, which is so fucked up. Like if the guy was still living, he'd be getting the money. And because he's dead, my mom doesn't like, yeah, so yeah. So, 
that's how that's how that shit is. You know, it's fucking disgusting. And I'm like, hey, if I could figure out a way that as like a unit between my two sisters, you know, who have great jobs and everything, but they live like blocks away from my mom. Like, what if we as a unit could make seven hundred thousand a year or like growing hemp, you yeah. know, and mm-hmm. so we're going to give it a shot, and, you know, see what happens. And uh, it's not a distraction for me. You know, Strong Coffee is it's an online, mainly an online company. And you can do you that know, kind of from wherever. Yeah, I could do it from wherever. I mean, I, I just recently moved to Austin, Texas. Um, I was living in I was living in Venice, you know, California for the last three years. And I was like, man, it's so fucking expensive living here. I hate the traffic. I, I was this close to moving to Oregon. Uh, I uh, it was between Oregon, Washington, and Austin. Austin's pretty nice. I was out in the Austin back in December. It's it's a nice area. It seems like a lot of Californians are moving out that way too. Oh yeah, man, for sure. I feel like Californians are moving Oregon, Washington, or Austin. Yeah, that's kind of like we're getting three a lot states. of yeah, we're getting a lot of Californians in in Oregon. A lot, a yeah. lot of California people in Grants Pass, specifically where we're at. Where Where are you guys out of? Grants Pass. It's like an hour north of the border. Yeah. Uh, north of the north. of the California border. Of the southern border. Yeah, Got yeah, it. Southern border. I I remember that area. Yeah, I remember. Uh, we took a road trip. Um, me and my wife and my kids from Los Angeles to Washington, where my ma- where my uh, where my wife's mom lives. Mm. And all the way out in Spokane. Okay. And uh, we we drove from L.A. to San Francisco, San Francisco to somewhere else, and then we got to Oregon and stayed in. Uh, I have a good friend in Portland as well, um, uh, an author on like she's a big time like uh, author on nutrition. Okay. And um, her name is Nora Gagadius. I don't know if you've ever. No. Uh, Good goddess. I mean, good goddess. Sorry, I pronounced it wrong. But she, uh, she was the first person to ever write a book on primal eating. Oh wow! And okay. You have ketogenic eating as being like the way we should be eating, hmm. and that was a book that I read almost 13 years ago. Holy shit! Yeah, and I became like a huge fan of hers because she was saying something so different, and uh, it was cool because I got to become friends with her and. Uh, stayed at her house and she has this thing called an Aja light and you lay under this light. So she's a shaman too. Okay. That's cool. So that's into some weird shit. She's got this <laughs> thing called an Aja light and you lay on this bed and this bed has speakers underneath it and they're playing this music in the speakers that's like putting out like a binary frequency. And you can feel the vibrations through the pads. So you're like laying on the speakers effectively, uh-huh. like hearing the noise and you're feeling the vibration. And then this Aja light is just a solid light that like sits above your face, you know, like, you know, 18 inches. And you close your eyes and you think that someone's flicking the light and on, on and off really fast, like a strobe light. And it's not, the light is just solid. And it's a special kind of light. And as you're sitting there, you literally start having hallucinations. Just sitting there staring at the light. You don't stare at the light. You have your eyes closed 
and it, it feels like something's doing this in front of a light and allowing a small amount of light to crack through per like huh. that fast that it starts doing it so quick that it elicits a DMT dump. Oh shit. So it's like you're doing DMT. Oh wow. Whoa. Yeah. It's super epic though. Like I went somewhere for a good five, 10 minutes. Weird. And, oh yeah. And like, I was seeing like shapes and geometric projections of like depth, And like, it was like, Whoa, what is going, you know? And then yeah. I came back to opened up my eyes and I was like, were you like flicking the light or something? Like, how's that? No, they're like, it just sits like this. And I was like, what? I like that so. So yeah, there's some weird shit in Oregon. I gotta get get back out there. That's trippy. <laughs> That's crazy. How long did how long were you, were you sitting on the bed before you kind of like kind of drifted off like that? You have no idea. Probably like, probably like five minutes. Wow. I mean, yeah, it was super quick. Uh, when I'm in town, we should see if we could get you under the Aja light. Yeah, man, I'm down. Let's do it. There, they're super rare. Like they're expensive as hell. So like a lot of people just don't have it. I think it's like a couple thousand dollars just for this light. Holy shit. And yeah. It's, it's wild. I mean, it looks like a desk light. It literally looks like a thin little, like like a thing coming off of it. And this is where the light is. Huh. You know, you're like, you think you would like put it on your desk for a reading light or something, right? <laughs> like it's that unassuming. And then it's making you trip your balls off. So <laughs> That's crazy. That's insane. Wow. And I've this. done MT before, so I knew like what that was like. Yeah, it was very similar. And it was super similar. Yeah, without like the, you know without the smoking, which hey man, that's yeah. like as much as I love smoking weed, I hate smoking. Yeah, I mean yeah. if you if you can get the same effects without having to ingest anything, then oh that, yeah, that's way better. Yeah, one hundred percent. I you got either one of you guys smoke weed? It's illegal in Oregon, right? Yeah, it's legal. I, I've, I've smoked weed. I, I don't smoke it anymore, really. Yeah, I used to smoke like every night before bed, but that was like a while ago. Yeah. I haven't in a while. Not yeah. for any particular reason. I just, I don't know. I just haven't. It's just never been yeah. my thing, really. Yeah. Do you, uh, do you find that, uh, do you find that it's like a hard thing for you to like balance or is there, I always wonder like when people like, like you live in a state that it's legal. Like people are just like, like gas stations sell weed. Yeah. It's kind of trippy now because like you go to like other parts of the country and it's like, it's still illegal in certain like states. And it's like, wow. Like, I don't know. It's kind of like we're in a different area, like different world. It's like, it's so readily available around us. It's like, like you don't even really think about it. (laughs) 100%. I, uh, being in Texas, it's like a culture shock. Cause I, I'll be like, I'm out of herb and I have to wait two days until like my friend is back in town so I can get it from him. You know, it's like, God, how odd. Like, I just don't like the whole idea of like dealing with like a drug dealer or something, you know, like we feel like whatever. a criminal. Yeah. I like, I just like, I liked walking into the store and just get it. It yeah. was really cool. Um, Bitch it. Yeah. What, uh, so I want to know a little bit. I, I know it's my, you guys are interviewing me. I've just been talking this whole fucking time. No, man, it's um, been interesting though. Mm-hmm. Good. Do you guys have any questions that you want to throw at me? 
No, I, I, I want to talk you? about the strong, strong coffee a little bit, man. Like how how oh, that, how that whole thing come around? Yeah, so strong coffee. Um, I want to put it out there. I originally started the company in 2015, so I I was the original. Like other than bulletproof, there was nobody doing what we were doing at the time. And I was taking collagen and blending it with MCT powder and L-theanine. And I made the first, it was actually on the, at the time on the market, it was the first ever non-dairy supplement based coffee creamer. Hmm. Like there was no non-dairy creamers and I made a non-dairy powder based creamer out of collagen protein and MCT powder and that L-theanine. And L-theanine is incredible for chaperoning caffeine as it increases GABA and allows for deeper focus without the jitters or the crash. Um, So when I launched that, it was like, you know, dad, dad passes away. I get casted on TV. Like all these things happened. And I didn't have uh, the financial prowess of like finding money that I do now in the sense of like the relationships I acquired through training higher level people and being able to, you know, get them to invest in an idea. Yeah. So then in 2018, you know, three years later, I looked at the market and I was like, yo, this is still an incredible idea, but I can make it even better because now instant coffee is at a certain place that it's, you know, good. Now you could find really good instant organic coffee. So I'm like, like, I'm just going to put it all together instead of like making coffee anymore. I'm just going to do this. And, um, and it happened and it was beautiful. You know, it was like, I, I was, I was at the time I was, being paid by uh, the fitness expo to uh, travel around and MC their shows. And they would give me like a free booth and they paid for me to travel and hook me up with a hotel. And I could be at these fitness shows around, you know, guys like you and, you know, guys like Diego Sebastian or, you know, all these like, you know, Jay Cutler's of the yeah. world. You know? And, and, um, I was just walking around in my free time when I wasn't emceeing or something. And I would, you know, be like, Hey, you want a cup of coffee? And they'd be like, Oh my God. You know, I'd like go up to the booths and I'd be like, Hey, would you like a cup of coffee? And they're like, Oh my God. Yeah. And they're like, they didn't know me. I'd be like, Hey, my name's Adam. You know, this is, I started a coffee company. It's completely instant. It's got great nutrition in it. It's collagen, you know, this and that, this and that. And, uh, shake it up for them and I'd give it to them and they'd be like, Oh, this is amazing. Or this is, you know, fucking awful or, you know, like whatever. <laughs> and it, nobody ever said it was awful, but, um, you know, some people were like, Oh, it's a little too sweet for me. Um, because our, our, our initial flavor was uh, a sweet coffee, right? right? I like my coffee with cream and sugar, but I don't want sugar or cream. So I wanted to find a great way to have that same flavor. And I wanted better benefits from my coffee as I was treating my coffee all too often, like breakfast because of like the first two hours, three hours in the morning, I just was like, fuck, I got to get out the door. I got to go train this client, whatever it is. So I started, uh, I officially, you know, reformulated and started the company last, um, uh, May and you know, here we are, um, 
12 months later and we now have, you know, we originally launched with one flavor and of strong coffee and, um, that was just our sweet and creamy. And now we have a, a bold and a bold black and creamy. Uh, we have a matcha latte and we have still our original latte. So we have our three flavors and the, the ingredients in them. I mean, I would challenge, I would challenge any person and their morning concoction of coffee against my product that is completely inclusive that you don't have to brew blend or you know any of that stuff right i mean right. you've had it james right yeah no i loved it it was awesome that's right you couldn't drink it because of uh the show for a little bit <laughs> we'll um, get back on it get back on it uh yeah i mean so really like the reason i was looking at coffee is it's 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 more about the conversation of what's happening by setting your morning off in the right way, right? So if you could start strong, you will finish strong, yeah. right? And it, that was where the strong coffee came from, the idea. It wasn't like strong coffee, like strong. Yeah. It was like strong, right? Like I got shit to do and strong stands for striving to reach our natural greatness. Damn. And that's what we're trying to get people to do. We're trying to help you like find this greatness. Like don't let the line at Starbucks hold you back from the things you're going to go do. Like don't allow this 30 minute concoction to limit you from the time you could spend with your kids in the morning versus like making this thing and then making a mess and you know, like whatever it is. And, 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 and on a nutritional level, like, Coffee, as great as it is for our mind, you know, in a sense, it is not as great for our body. It dehydrates us. It causes anxiety, which takes away energy from us because we're utilizing it with like a little shake or whatever. So we're just, we're burning up, we're burning up energy through our anxiety. And that's, you know, diminishing our focus, which therefore is not allowing us to do great things. And for me... It was about creating a coffee that would would aid in hydration, that would aid in reducing anxiety, and that would give you ultimate focus and the proteins and the great coffee flavor that, you know, and taste that you want. And it, it really, for me, I mean, it's been a fucking, you know, it, it's been a lifesaver. Like, I... I mean, I don't want to blow it out of proportion. It's a lifesaver, but like it's been a, for me, it's been an, a huge savior of like time and mess. And I mean, like I would land in a city and I would look for who makes a bulletproof coffee. Right. Like I would literally like I'd land in San Francisco and I Google, you know, like what coffee shop is doing this. That wouldn't think it'd be weird if I show up with collagen in a bag and say, hey, while you're doing that, can you take a scoop of this and put it in there? Because <laughs> you know, like, that's the shit I would do. I would go to Starbucks and I would convince someone to let them, let me put something in the blender when they were blending my coffee and blend my coffee up for me. That's a big no-no too for most of those places. <laughs> Huge no-no. Like they're not, yeah, like she was like, well, I could get a lot of trouble for this, but okay, you know, I'll, I'll trust you. 
And, um, and uh, so, I mean, for me, it was like, it was a product that was made out of necessity. I was training, I was training billionaires and professional athletes. And I worked my way up from training house moms and, you know, overweight, you know, administrative assistance for $30 an hour, you know, like whatever it was in Wisconsin, like that was, that was my pickings. And I, I just kept building my way up to the, to the next level of person, right? The business owner versus the employee, right. right? You know, like whatever it was. Well, when I got to the top, meaning like the best people you could train for the greatest amount of money you could charge somebody to train them, I like had the opportunity to be able to like look down and realize that we all like if you're the house mom or you're the billionaire you wake up the same and you have the same exact problems starting your day you have a limit of time you have a need of energy and a need of nutrition right like these are like so why wouldn't you just skip this whole like oh my 20 dollar a pound coffee and this and that you know like whatever it is and just say, fuck it. And you can make an awesome coffee just by putting the shit in water really fast. Right. And like, and 24 seconds later, you're walking out the door. Yeah, and I need that. And it, Sold. And it, right. And it blows me away that when somebody has like a coffee machine or an espresso machine, they're fully committed to the idea of always having coffee hot. Yeah. Unless you make the coffee the night before and then you throw it in the refrigerator. Right. Yeah. But like for, for me, like this morning I woke up, I was kind of like sweaty and like muggy feeling just cause it's Texas and it's humid as shit. And I was just like, Oh, I'm like, I could literally not do a hot coffee right now. And here I am cold water in what, you know, one ice cube, shaking it up, pouring my thing. And it's like, I got a nitro coffee that's super creamy and three inches of head on the top. And you know, like it's, I'm like, Fuck, like I would have had to go to a store and buy this. Like that would have sucked. And you know, and here it is. And I and the beautiful thing is that I, I hop on a plane tomorrow at five AM to fly to LA and I'll have packets of it with me on the plane and I'll make it fresh on the plane. Yeah. Like thing I do, I get on the plane, I'll ask for a cup of hot water, pour open my packet, boosh, stir it in there with like that shitty little straw that doesn't stir anything in. But strong stirs in so easy you can just use that shitty little straw, it's crazy. So that's it. And so strong coffee was a, it was a, they say necessity is the mother of invention. So I gave birth to strong coffee. <laughs> Hold on one sec. That's crazy, dude. Wow. Strong coffee. I need to try some of that for sure. 100%. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cause I'm always like, I wake up at five 30 in the morning, every morning. Um, Cause I work, I work at like six 30. So I, I always wake up like an hour early cause it takes me like 30 minutes to get out of bed and then like <laughs> 30 turns into 40, which turns into 50, which now I'm like, fuck, I need to leave. I need to run out to outside, get hop in my car and just drive straight to work. And, yeah. uh, I, I look at the car, we have like a Keurig and I look at my, I look at my, the Keurig every morning and I'm like, maybe tomorrow I don't have time. But with that, with strong coffee, I would be able to just put it in my shaker cup and, and go. Man, that'd be super convenient. So I'm going to get some 100%. Hi. <laughs> and we got guests, and we have guests on the guest show. Special guests. 
Oh, to both say of them. <laughs> Hello. Say hi, Arrow. Hi. Uh, <laughs> adorable. They're like, what are you doing? It's time for them to read some books. It's almost bedtime. So okay. uh, that means that means dad's going to have to read some books soon. <laughs> well, uh, we, we can let you go then, man. We, we... Oh, dude, yeah. I mean, uh, we definitely uh, – I'm excited, man. I, uh, I'm glad we actually got a chance to connect. This is our first time actually talking. Yeah, man. Uh, and uh, I really appreciate, you know, the support that you gave Strong Coffee even, you know, like a couple months in with, you know, even talking about it, posting about it. That meant a lot. Yeah, man. Uh, you know, strong coffee, just to like finish talking about it for half a second. It's, it's, we're a small company, you know, uh, I'm, we're really good at, and by we're, it's me. Cause it's really like a one person company. And, you know, I luckily have my wife and my kids and, and, uh, and some good friends that help out when I need it. But, you know, I, I'm such a fan of branding and, and like, aesthetics and certain things that like people really have the perception that strong coffee is like a big company. Like it's like, <laughs> and I'm like, it's not no. like I'm handling, I'm doing the social media and the customer service and the marketing plan and the pitch deck and then raising the money, you know, like, like right now I'm like raising hundreds of thousands of dollars and it's like, it's so stressful because it's, it's like, yo, that's like, if you don't get the money, like the future of your company is like in question. Right. And the company is doing well, so it's it's not too hard to like, you know, ask somebody to you know to invest. But at the same time, for everybody that's listening, like, like strong coffee is legit, and I I I had a lot to lose uh, by coming out with a, a product, you know, like and meaning like being like a respected coach and being in this industry. Like, I really had to make sure that I came out with a product that really like you know like yeah. you don't want you, you can't put out b- bullshit like people will call you on that real quick yeah people will call you out on that shit and especially with supplements and especially with nutrition it's so you know unique to the individual that you know we have we i, I always refer to strong coffee as we even though it's me it, it, it's because there's going to be a we someday and the we is us you know the people that are drinking it and we need good we need good ingredients and like that's and and, you know, for me, it's, that's everything. Like strong coffee is good enough that like, I'll let my kids drink it. You know, if like my daughter Arrow loves the taste of it, like I'll let her have like a little sip of it. I mean, it's no different than like a kid getting Adderall, you know I mean? It's a million times better than getting Adderall. Yeah. I should say. Um, you know, it's just, it's a, it's a small company and we're, we're excited to be in the space and to make waves. And it's really exciting to see like the bodybuilding world and the, uh, become a lot more health conscious. Yeah, though and, there's definitely a push for that now. Yeah, I I, I love that. I, you know, Ben Pakulski is a huge strong coffee drinker, and um, you know, like Danny Vega and like some other you know some other guys, and uh, you know, now it's like, man, how do we get the bodybuilding world to know all about collagen, and how do we get them to know about like good nutrients and not having dyes in their food and in their supplements and having fillers. Like we have full transparent labeling. Like you want to go copy my fucking product verbatim. Like the entire formula is on the back of the package because like, I'm literally telling you everything that's in it because you should know what you're consuming. Yeah. There's no proprietary blends or all that bullshit. 
No, no, not at all. I mean, so it's, we're, uh, you know, we're here for the long run and we're here to help make change and, uh, and to, and to bring change. So that's awesome, man. I'm I'm stoked. I'm stoked for it. It's, it's cool to see the growth of the company, you know, the last like 18 months or so, or yeah ever since i ever since i i became aware of it you know i don't even know yeah. what that was. was yeah but it's awesome to see man and it, it thanks to like social media and that type of thing like you can run a business that looks massive even if it's just you in your garage <laughs> yeah literally my kitchen that's <laughs> i mean we have a fulfill we have a warehouse and we have all that stuff but i'm not there like my warehouse is in like arizona yeah you know, where it's like i'm sitting in my kitchen making my kids breakfast while I'm literally on a call with an investor or while I'm on like a customer service call, you know, and I'm like serving up my kid, like bacon on the side and like putting a TV show on them, you know, while I'm like, you know, ordering the next 10,000 units of strong coffee. And I'm like filling out a PO and like tying my daughter's shoes. You know, it's, it's, um, you know, right now it's all about that hustle game and, uh, there's no room for the week. No, I got no, not at all, dude. You got to find that open window, man. Eat the weak, drink the strong. There you go. Yeah. (laughs) Fuck yeah. Right on. Um, but yeah, you, you want to drop like your social media and stuff so people can find you and where they can get, uh, coffee and whatnot websites. Yeah, of course. I please check me out at strong coffee company. Um, our website is strongcoffeecompany.com. Uh, the company part is important because it's the company we keep, right? And that's like that's why we have the word company at the end of the product. It's all about the company we keep, and we're strong, and that's what we're looking for. Is you know the same people, the people that are striving to reach their greatness. Oh. And um, yeah, if you want to, if you want to check me out and see photos of me and my kids and working out every once in a while, check me out at Von Rothfelder and, um, hashtag stronger together on one of your posts and I'll, uh, I'll repost it. Right on dude. Well, Next post is going to have hashtag stronger together on it. Boom. Right on dude. Well, we appreciate having you on, man. This was awesome. I appreciate and you You'll guys. have to let us know when you get out here to Oregon. Fuck yeah. I'll let you know as soon as I know. I'm maybe booking tickets probably in the next week or so. Sounds good, dude. All right, man. Awesome. Take it easy. You guys take it easy. Later, man. Peace.